were listening to WHPK 88.5 FM, or you might be on the TuneIn radio app, or you might be on WHPK.org. But regardless, you are listening to Ergo Radio, because it's Thursday at noon. I am Damon Alexander Williams. I'm Daniel Bowden Kisslinger. I like this is the second yeah. week we've got middle names. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more official. But um, in case you were wondering who's talking to you <laughs> on the radio, on the podcast, on SoundCloud, on iTunes. We everywhere. We global. Around the world, in the city, all over the place, on stages. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, but thanks first off for tuning in. Damon, how you feeling? I'm feeling super good. Uh, this is like always the best part of my week. Uh, and this week is no different because I love who we have here today. Speaking of official, she came here with a car, right? And the card is so high quality. The illustration on the front is like, man, this looks like some Hebrew Brantley type stuff. But but let's <laughs> let's give you a little bio of who we have here today. Today we got make some noise, kids. Bella Bars in the building, hey. and on what her up, card, I, I feel you guys should know. Um, it says she, she is a communication scholar, a writer, rapper, educator, youth mentor, and then it's gonna get real. African-American cultural critic critic, and black power advocate. What up, Bella? What's up? What's up, Damon? What's up, Ergo? Welcome to the air. So uh, here in that bio, what, um, first off, did you write that? I did. Wow. I did write that. Um, Bars. <laughs> let's take it back a bit because we did we did government names. Yeah. Uh-oh, uh-oh. My government name is pretty cool. I've never known this. This My is new. My government name is Ambrel Gambrel. Said, oh, right. Can you say that one more time? Ambrel Gambrel. So like that, I'm tripped out because like your name is a bar. You it's know, a bar. It's a bar. you are Before a living bar. Like your, your mom birthed a bar. So <laughs> Ambrel Gambrel. Ambrel Gambrel. That's amazing. First of all, did you ever consider having that be your performance name as well? I did. I did. But Bella. Bella is like what everyone calls me. My family has okay. called me Bella my whole life. So it's a really personal and intimate name. Um, so I like people to call me Bella because it's just more natural. But Ambrel Gambrel, like when I do other things Damn. besides rap, like I want people to call me my name because I think That's amazing. Cool. That is cool. <laughs> I want to have a name that rhymes. I'm going to have to change. We'll, we'll come back next week. We'll Daniel see if I can. Cambrio. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't that's not how you pronounce Daniel, actually. <laughs> we'll Daniel have to see what Campbell? I can come up with. <laughs> Daniel Samuel. Lyrical Miracle. There it is. All right. There it is. All right. Before we go too far down that rabbit hole, um, you said that that's what uh, the family has always called you. Let's take it all the way back. Uh, where in the city are you from? West Side. West well, Side. Where are West? Austin. Mm. Okay. Austin. Um, I know John Doe was on here and she was repping, so it's real. It's yeah, real yeah, official. Yeah. We, we, got, we got some West Side represent. <laughs> we had Malcolm West Side. Uh, I feel like you are the the fourth West Side that we probably had. Oh, we in here. So, I think yeah. we're, yeah, we're pretty here. evenly distributed. It's definitely it's definitely love to the West Side. That's something I've had to like <laughs> grow to understand that we are all one. We and, are. Well, we Damon, are. we all West can learn. Still we all the best can grow. Side, Actually, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna extend this olive branch. I've been doing this on air publicly to all my West Siders. Okay. I have like. I have I have grown to appreciate the argument behind Uncle Remus. Like, okay, it is it is okay. as far as y'all say. I'm not gonna denounce Thank or spite. That's some Southsiders do. We can be very anti, and I think just the 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 cultural like significance of Harold's is greater. But Uncle Remus, they be on point. They, they is that, be is that on fair point. in terms of the they cultural significance? Though I think 
<clears throat> taking Chicago, like we right. gotta take Chicago as Chicago right, and not right. divide it. Then we can make that argument that Heroes <laughs> has a lot of cultural significance <laughs> to the city. But Uncle Remus does too. Mm. Um, that seemed like a real moment that would fit like several of the the jobs listed on the back of the card. We're, we're critiquing culture right here. <laughs> exactly. Taking it as Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Uncle Remus, it's like, don't give us that. Give us at yeah, least that fire. the food is it's fire. fire. You know? The rolls is fire. I'm rocking with it. Um, so growing up out west, uh, who is in the house? Basically, what's the family? How would you describe the family? Who's in the house? That's, well, hmm. This is an interesting topic because <laughs> now the house is so different now um, mm. because my grandmother just passed. And I'm sorry to hear that. Condolences. Thank you. Um, she passed in March, and it's been really, really difficult to even get used to the house being... Was she the, like the matriarchal she, figure? She, she is she the matriarch the, of the right, family, right. you know, like the head. So there's like 50 of us under her, mm. you know. So she, the house, I lived in her house. Um grew up there she my family has been there for like 35 maybe 40 years or something she was the first black woman on the block the first black in the neighborhood period oh, wow. now it's all black it's Austin you know right, right. um completely different environment than when she came there but grandma who's no longer with us um but her spirit is all up and through but before the house. we before <laughs> we even get to the rest of the family let, let, let's sit there a little bit um since her past and her transition mm -hmm. how, how would you say your role in your family has changed, right? If you, if you, if you, if the you know the head is gone and now it's a reshaping, where where do you fit in this like reconfiguration of the family? Okay, that's a really good question. Um, good job. Because I'm trying to figure that out. You know, <laughs> right. it's really mm -hmm. it's really um, a time where I feel like my whole family is trying to figure that out. Like, who are we without her? Mm. You know, like where do we stand? Where do we fit in? Because for so long, like. Our family has been the biggest community mm. that we've been a part of and like actually had something to bring to it. But now it's like, what do we bring exactly? You know, because she pulled out all of these talents and all of us for so long. It's like, OK, you you going to do this. You you going to do that. How did she like, feel about the writing and performing in the bars aspect? Granny of Granny started it okay. with me. Um, <laughs> but it was so different. Like, I started out performing for my grandmother. Wow. But I started performing gospel songs oh, because okay. that's what she liked. And it wasn't like I was writing gospel songs. But her favorite gospel songs, I would learn and go sing them for her. So <laughs> more, more of like a cover song type situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it was all just to make her happy. Like, she just liked music. She loved music. So I grew up with gospel and mm -hmm. that was something that I really got into was like making my grandma happy by doing these little skits these little performances and things so um, I always knew that performance would be some somehow in my life I didn't really see it coming how it is now but um, I did do a lot yeah and we'll get to when that became kind of a more of a priority but I want to stay on the family yeah, for definitely. a minute um, you know I asked the question of describe the family what's your family like I'm, and you immediately went to her if I had asked her that what do you think she would have said 
like describe Ooh. this family. Oh, we're killing it with the Ooh, questions. Oh, yeah, yeah, killing this, this is fire, man. <laughs> Chicago and beyond, y'all are getting a really good interview. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't know how good you've got it. <laughs> After this, go to like, uh, go to like Nah Right and watch their interviews. And it's like, so when's your mixtape dropping? No, 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 this is a whole nother <laughs> oh, level. Man. We'll get to that. Are we too. throwing shots at another, yeah, yeah, yeah. another show? You start beef with R and B singers. We'll, st- I'll start beef, beef with, with rap with rap blogs. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. So what would Grandma have said? about our family Mm -hmm. yeah she would have said grandma would have said that there's nothing more important that if we do nothing else we pull each other up Mm. like the only time you look down on someone is if you're picking them up that's what grandma says about family like wow bars for herself too that's amazing (laughs) wow and um because this is such a trying time for us, like, don't forget the things that she taught us. Like, you know, she put so much into us, so much strength, so much faith, faith, God, always, um, God first, family, right, right next to God. Yeah, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and you have you have siblings? I do, I do. I have three sisters and two brothers mm. who I love dearly. Um, I'm the youngest. Word. I'm the wow. youngest. You strike of all. me as an as an older sibling. I feel like the oldest <laughs> most times. I feel like the oldest, um, but not not even close. So is this your maternal, this your maternal grandmother? This your mom's mom? This is my maternal grandmother. Okay. Yes, Word. my paternal grandmother, who is also a brilliant and strong woman. Uh, I didn't know as long. Right. She died when I was a lot uh, younger, okay. so I didn't get to get all that I got from my maternal grandma. So let's let's get to moms a little bit. Let's get What's to going mom. on We're going to work generations. Because <laughs> um, mama got the bars with the Ambriel Gambriel. Mama got the bars. Mama got the bars. Mama used to do a little rapping herself. I bet. I know she did. <laughs> she used to do a little rapping herself. She still thinks she can. Like she do, you, do you have cassettes lying around the house and stuff? We do. We have cassettes and records, and a lot of it got ruined in floods and things. Mm. My dad used to rap too. I got one of his album covers of my career. No, like mom wasn't that official. Like she doesn't have my dad. His name was Gucci D. You know what I'm saying? Don't bite the dust. No, he was not out here. Yes, he was. You gotta gotta play it for the flow. It's 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 hard to find. It's hard to find. (laughs) This is the day. Do you think, Dame? Do you think we could track down one of the files and play it on the air? Actually, there might actually be a record in the the library of it because i know one of my friends had a, a copy of the record and he works on whbk shout out edge mario gage so we're gonna have to do some yeah digging. we're gonna have to do some research now that we're talking about it. but let's get back to mom's bars. <laughs> papa damon we're coming for your audio <laughs> but yeah so mom's what's what's her did she still make stuff what kind of no, stuff no no like i've i've heard my mom do little freestyles mm-hmm. and things and she to me she's corny because she's my mom <laughs> but but she's pretty cool. Like, um, Damon always says something about like how I dress and my jackets and things that yeah, I wear. Yeah. I get a lot of we're that. We're definitely from gonna my talk mom. about. We're gonna have a, a ten minute segment on her jacket game. Oh, that'll be great for the radio. Describe <laughs> all the jackets. Um, right. The radio can't see what I have on right now, but I get this out of my mother's closet. What I'm wearing word, right now, word. the jacket that I have on. So um, how did how how does how has she taken? Um, the performance presence that you that you have and just your your overall like social position in the city that you're building for yourself. My mom is one of my biggest supporters. One of my biggest supporters. Um she's she's cool. Like she's really cool. Um 
So she thinks what I'm doing is great. She sold so many of these singles. Uh, I have a single out OG, and oh, you don't you I don't talk about my you're mother. Single, yeah, I mean, we, we, we made... I talk about my mother on there. She she goes out and she pushes what I do. So mm. shout out to moms. Like I absolutely obviously would not be here without her. But and in many senses, for sure, in many senses. Well, now that we've gotten a little bit of the backstory, let's hear. Uh, this is. OG, the single from Bella Boz. You're listening to Ergo Radio WHPK. I want to tell my story, but I don't even know where to begin. It doesn't begin with me. was an entrepreneur. When she moved to the shy, she was dirt poor. Plus she had kids to provide for. She would die for them. Black woman in America. That's a meal woman. Made something out of nothing, no. Made millions off flipping work. Feds watching flip the birds. Speaking cold. If they catch you, keep the cold. Keep your soul. Mama didn't fold. Did time never told. My mama was an OG. She bought a Benz when she was 14. By 23, my OG had a different cop every day of the week. Still got a 95 MG. Baby girl was born in 93. Finally, now here's me. Granny raised a bunch of queens, I done seen a bunch of things I'm the heir to a bunch of dreams All these dreams that inside of me, I know that they all count on me To bring them to reality, I know they already proud of me Gotta keep making them proud of me, I do it for the family That love is what inspires me Mookie said I could be anything I wanna be And I should never wanna be anything that wasn't me I just wanted to be free, shit like have a family tree Been trapped by the streets or the penitentiary I just wanna set them free, run away from poverty Shit, I'm feeling like Harriet Burden of a black woman, think you could carry it Why should I tell my story if I know they gon' bury it? Why should I have this baby if I know I'ma bury it? There's some heavy shit and my mama had weight on top of it Moving it, did it all for the fam, did it all for kids They kept their promise, sent the baby girl to college, gave me the life that they wanted, I appreciate it. Hundred thousand dollar piece of paper, my granny framed it to her, I'm already famous. Fame has never been a goal, but I'm a natural born leader, so I already know that it's coming, so I'm ready, like I'm all packed to go. Niggas hunting, they ain't at me, but I might be next to gold, supposed to be the next to blow. West side of Chicago, you never really know, bottom of the toe and pole, that's why niggas toe and poles. I ain't really rep the goal, I ain't stepping out the door, okay, I'll pop out. I'm the old daughter, niggas better watch out. I might pull a Cartier, watch out. Time is money, I ain't sitting in a damn house. Granny worry, steady calling about my whereabouts. I'm probably with the shooters if they add out. Lord forgive me, you know I'm just trying to make it out. Sending all these prayers up, hope a blessing come down. Cause lately I've been feeling if I stick around, I might be another Muffin or a Mike Brown. Even with our hands up, we still getting gunned down. That ain't how I'm going out. That's his story, that ain't my story. I'm about to white it out, fuck it, black it out.
WHBK. You listen to Ergo Radio, and that was Bella Bars with OG, and we got Bella there in the studio. So I think that, like most of your work, was a very personal track. That joint was dope. Very personal. Uh, shout out track. to moms. Shout out to moms. So your OG was an OG out here. Uh, OG out <laughs> here. Um, yeah, that's a very personal track. I feel like that's more of a autobiography than a song. Yeah. How did you? Had you made music specifically about? Like family members or people that close to you, like telling their stories that way before. Uh, made songs about it? No, no. I uh, I wrote book reports though. Like it's, I wrote book reports on people. I wrote book reports. I remember uh, writing book reports on my grandmother, on my aunts, on for school or just for school. It was projects where we had to look into people's lives, and I wanted to know more about my family so did you find any like in doing those projects any really surprising details about them like stuff that stuck out you're like oh because I remember not to get too far down this road but when my grandpa passed being at the funeral and seeing all these people who knew him in these different roles besides grandpa Mm -hmm. so that you know he was a he taught uh science at a university so like seeing all his students and I'd never thought of him as a teacher before so that kind of stuff but like yeah any things about them that you had no idea about until you started digging a little bit? Okay, well, when I did these book reports, I was really young. This is like elementary school. So did I find out anything? Really? No, they weren't given that much, you <laughs> know, like, but throughout life, my family was really open with family. So I heard a lot of stories. I knew a lot at a very young age about where I came from. Going back to to the track, OG was was mom ever at any point like, hey, don't be putting my business on the street like that. Don't be letting don't be letting them know how large we was in the nineties. <laughs> no, no, I think she loves it. Um, I think she loves that. It's like now okay the to relive it through music, you know. Like there's some things where I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't go to like a newspaper nah, and yeah. be like, hey. This is what like no I can't. Yeah, I, you know, I, there's some things. Yeah, I, can't I share a lot say. of that in my in my personal history too. So I feel you are like trying to figure out. But the out cool how to thing is like story. you know when you're doing it in music, it's like it's okay. It's a testament. It's okay. You know what I'm it's a testament. It's a you can put song, that there exactly, <laughs> and it's like why not? Why not tell our stories if we don't? Who will? You know? And then when they tell them, it's so completely different than how we tell it. Like we have to be the voice of our own story. I feel like a lot of things. Um, one of the reasons I made OG is like, uh, like there's a topic of selling drugs in this song. And it's like when other people tell that story, particularly big media, when news outlets tell the story of black families who sell drugs, um, it's always a criminalized and demonic spin to it. And it's like when you listen to OG and you're hearing about these women who is yeah, like a family that, unit, you know, yeah. it's like it's a whole different, right, because you usually hear about men and, you know, but it's like, wow, okay, there's a story there. Like, can we get the story? Can we get a better perspective of what's going on yeah. here? No, I, I mean, I have this line uh, from my personal experience of like, what happened when hustlers put kids through college? And, yes. I, think, and I think that's like, <laughs> that's like the dopest survival story of like there was a literal drug war going on right so people been getting you know kidnapped and getting their houses broke into and you know this is real shot life. down in the streets and thrown in cages and like to see what you have become 
from that history is like the ultimate testament. The so. ultimate <laughs> testament is like people don't really uh, highlight that story or that perspective of it. Like, what are what are people doing this for? Why are right. people risking their lives? Why are people in literally a war? When you think about the war on drugs, like what does that what does war tell you? Like, right. what are people going through right. here? The and stakes then why? Are high. Exactly yeah. why? Why would you put? Why would you be in a war? And just how you know like mean? also widespread and common above across like race and class like in the 80s and 90s just like how prevalent it was and like we try to kind of like erase it from the history or make it this like like you said criminalized thing and make it like it's so in per it's not personal at all when mm. when you hear these stories like you don't really know anything about it and it's like we have to know this is a big thing in our in american culture yeah, you know yeah. what i'm saying like in american culture this is a big part of it like it's not don't, the biggest like not social the issue biggest social issue sure. and it's like no one's really telling their story yeah know? and i think a lot about the moment where and we're not even close to this point yet but the moment where memory turns to history mm. and the like emphasis on figuring out how you can have a more honest or responsible telling of that history when it makes that transition now i mean it's still lived but it's also memory so a good way to start that and i'm getting a little abstract here but a good way to start that is like let's have the memories that are understood and told be honest so that hopefully when it gets to the point where it gets you know put down on pages and books and 50 years from now people are trying to understand what was happening they're starting with a more honest standpoint, you know? Damn, that was deep, dog. It was. In a human standpoint. Like, yeah. can we humanize, can we humanize yeah. what's going on here? So when did you start trying to tell your own story? Basically, like, when, when did that become something where you're like, oh, if I don't do it, no one's going to do it, and let me figure out what tools I can use for that? Okay. Um, I went to Dominican University. Mm-hmm. Uh, Where's that? School in River Forest. It's... Not far from Austin. Um, it's like Austin, Oak Park, River Forest. Right. Uh, predominantly white, affluent neighborhood, uh, suburb. And Are there any people from the Dominican Republic at Dominican University? No. <laughs> oh, that's a no. shame. No. <laughs> that's no. a shame. And when I tell people that I went to Dominican University, they're like, oh, oh you was an island? Really? Yeah, I'm like, uh, nah, nigga, not, off the not blue quite. <laughs> <laughs> like, not quite at all. Like, completely different. But uh, while I was there and during my undergraduate, I was thinking, what did I want to major in? And when I got into communications, it was uh, this woman, one of my like seminar professors who had read an essay that I wrote and she was like, wow, you know, you're one of the best writers I've seen, period, like in my career. Um, You need to, you need to do this. You need to get, you need to get better trained at this and do it. Like you have something to say. And so when I got into it, I was thinking maybe like I wanted to write speeches for people, for politicians and stuff. And then I was like, why would I do that when they will not like hold up to these things that I want them to say? You know, it's really yeah. it really would be me putting my ideas into it. And it's like, why don't I just say it then? So then I started taking these speech classes and mm-hmm. um, performance wise, like to be able to give up and give a presentation. And I took a lot of that into what I do now, like performing. So like, so 
your more poetic rap career was birthed out of like your academic experiences? Definitely, definitely. Um, I would say the thing I've been the longest is like you were a communication scholar, like a scholar. Like I've always been good at school. I've always loved school. Mm. And so a lot of what I do comes out of that place, out of education and loving. That's, loving that's really education. interesting. I, I, I want to get more into like back into like the backstory of that, but probably, th- th- you know, I've been hearing you spit for probably about two, two, three years now. Um, and I think one of the most central themes is your critique of education. And I never in a million years from hearing you like rap um, and perform this to hear you say that like, I've always loved school. And that's like a big contradiction almost. Right. So like, how do you kind of understand that? Because uh, I, I could be very critical of education and I was, I was pretty all right at it, but like I didn't rock with it, you know, like what right. you, you said, you rocked with it. I, I really loved learning all right. day, always, always. Um, I, my critique of education is more so how we're forced to learn in these institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always enjoyed having information. And for a lot of growing, growing up on the West Side, a lot of the only time that I could get that information was at school. Where'd you go to like, high school? I went to high school at Lane Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lane Tech is one of the the better high schools in the city. It's a selective enrollment school. It's pretty and, tight. And um, it has one of the sports. most impeccable grounds <laughs> of any high school. Like the, the, the lawn at Lane That's Tech. Huge. I've never been inside the building, but you could put four football fields in the front lawn of Lane Tech. It's huge. It's huge. I graduated think, with think like 1,400 people. Lane Tech. I think, uh, well, I think Ethos went to Lane Tech. I, I think that I think that's, that's he would have been a few years younger than you though. Right. I mean he still is a few exactly. years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I graduated 2010. Were um, we the same year? <laughs> oh. It's a good year to graduate. That's what's up. That's okay. Hey, I didn't up. actually I didn't know we were the same age this whole time. I, I actually never knew how old you were until just right well, now. But what's I up? Give it away. A 92? Bit, a little bit. 93. 93, okay. 93. What's, what's your birthday? You don't have Mar- to say on the air. No, I'm I'm fine with saying my birthday. What's March third. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. We're not gonna do that. I like my birthday a lot. Three three ninety three. So gave I don't her government name and not her <laughs> exactly. birthday. We can't, we right, we can't do social. we can't do too much more than There's that. Too many car we can't do too much more than that. But no, I do like my birthday. I feel like I really do feel like my life was a bar. Like Amberl Gambrill, then I was born March third, nineteen ninety three. So it's like yeah. this, this Trinity. I feel like my parents created that's pretty Trinity good. with me. <laughs> so I wanna go back to when you start, whether it's getting up and doing speeches or writing raps or whatever it is that you first like felt comfortable with. Like did you initially feel hesitant being the person using your voice telling the story? Like, when did you feel strong enough? Like, yeah, like, my voice is the one that should be heard. Hmm. This year. Wow. This year. Um, particularly when my grandmother passed. Uh, did I really start feeling confident in my voice? Like, that I really had something to say. Mm. Um, it took me a while to get to that point. Uh like, I've always been confident writing, always. But then adding voice to it and then being the center, then being the spotlight when you come to performances and all eyes are on you, it really took me a while to really embrace that. Especially, like, I get really good energy after I perform. Like, people really want to come talk to me and stuff. And for a while, it was just like, okay, I don't know if I really want that. I've always been laid back. I've always been pretty chill. And then now it's like... 
But on stage, you're electric. I mean, I've seen you perform <laughs> at open mics, and the energy is incredible, and you're out in the audience, and you're bringing people in, and it's something that is super compelling, which especially with rappers who use a lot of words isn't always the case because <laughs> they're trying not to trip over their words and forget them. And they're, like, trying to run through the, you know, the scrolling... Um, like uh like you know how when you give a speech you have like the speech written in front of you like teleprompter. In the, the te- thank you very much you for go. the word Same i wish word. i had a teleprompter right there <laughs> um they're like going through the teleprompter in their brain trying not to forget the words and you you're like out there you're bringing people in you're doing all that um and you look like you belong on that stage you look like you feel comfortable on that stage okay there's there's two things that go into that one is um particularly now, this year, have I felt like a need to get rid of some of this energy that I have, like a need mm. to get that out and, and let people receive it and be receptive of it. Um, so when I get on stage, that's like the m- however long I'm on stage, I'm not in my mind at that point. Like it's really calm. It's a really calm completely different experience throughout the rest of the day when I'm like okay what do I need to do what do I have to do what's going on like you know when I'm on stage I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing so there's that that comes off and I hope that people you just said you know good nice words about my performance so I'm happy that people do enjoy that but then there's also that I went to school for this like I learned this um it was Mm -hmm. a discipline like I had to learn how to not be uncomfortable looking people in the eye when I speak to them and how to get up in front of people and move a crowd. And this is like boring speeches, so it's fun when I can... So so now I'm I'm hearing what you're saying. So as a uh, communication scholar, self-proclaimed communication scholar, and also (laughs) a a frequent participant in open mics, Mm -hmm. what would you say, like, your average run-of-the-mill rapper, like, struggles with the most... In terms of like from your communications expertise, what is like the one thing if like a young kid coming up like, hey, if you just stop doing this or did this better, this would take you a mile. Right. That's what I if would like to If you know. focus less on yourself and more on your audience. I feel like I see that a lot. Like people are really stuck in their heads. You were talking about memorizing your lines like. The lines should you you gotta know them, <laughs> you know you have to know those, and you have to know them well enough to play with them when you get on stage. Like when you get on stage, that's your time to. It's not a track. It doesn't have to be the same every time. Actually, it would be really boring if it was the same every time. So, my advice to people is really like focus on your audience. They're going to give you. They're going to tell you exactly what you're doing wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. You can look at someone and it's tell the if they're feeling you. Yeah. You know, it's the most immediate gauge of how you're doing. So, when I'm performing, I pay very close attention to my audience. Like what do what do they need right now? You can look at someone and tell they're having a bad day. What can I do? during this performance to get you out of your mind, of your own thoughts of what happened to you today. Because most of the time, that's what's going on. We're dealing with real life, you know, like, so you have to, you have to be receptive to other people's energy so that you can give them the type of energy that they need. Yeah. I think I just want to go back to that thing you said about it shouldn't be the same every time. And I think that that's something that in other genres is kind of more comfortable. Like a live performance should be like, we went and we saw Hiatus Coyote last Mm -hmm. week. And their live songs don't sound anything like, I mean, it's the same song, but it's a whole other spirit. And they, you know, they recognize the difference between what it's like to perform in front of 3000 people and what it's like to be in a studio and then listen on headphones. Um, And I think about Kendrick, 
putting out I as a single and then not putting that same version on the record, but putting the version on the album that's like a live performance of it almost, like that's what he's trying to capture. And people were familiar enough with the song that like having the bare bones of it and having the spirit of a live performance was more moving than like hearing the same song over again on a record. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. I, I actually grew to appreciate the song more once I heard the like kind of breakdown that he Likewise. did and, and some of the like different background vocals that weren't just like him in the studio. Like hearing the ensemble of it was definitely dope. It's super creative. Anyway, now that we've uh, talked about Lauded <laughs> Kendrick, let's hear another song from you. Uh, here's a uh, Royal Family. Um, Copped it off the SoundCloud. It's one of my favorite songs. Nice, um, nice. And you're listening to Ergo WHPK 88.5, ergoradio.com. Bella Boss. I think the whole fucking world is my shit. Why not? I don't want to be the next one to die on my block. Every other day a motherfucker gets shot. It don't really matter if you're innocent or not. Niggas do not give a fuck this shit across the park. Fanny made us come inside the house for it got dark. Rabbit always snuck. I told me open up the door. I prayed for his return like he was going off the wall. I went away to school 10 minutes away. It's amazing what a difference 10 minutes can make. Bought up to not get hit by straight. Still don't feel safe here. I'm out of place. White people all in my fucking face. Like I'm the spokeswoman for the whole race. Cause in eight textbooks we on one page. And the only thing it says we was one slave. So of course they think that I'm crazy. When I tell them we have pyramids and they had caves. They think Cleopatra look like Liz Taylor. I studied communications, that was my major. Learn her language and media manipulate you. Got us thinking they didn't do us a grand favor. Got us thinking our presence are some damn saviors. And that race only impacts our behavior. I'm trying to awake you. You're snoozing on me. I'm sick of losing homies. Most of my homies don't live till their 30s. Got my niggas thinking that they worthless. My nigga, you a king? A king? We know kings have dreams. Some dreams? We know kings need queens. With queens, together conquer anything. We the royal family. Ain't got a bitch, got a queen. My queen, she can run to the king. I'm a king. Know the kings had dreams. We dream, together conquer anything. We the royal family. This sea's been royal, from the embryo sack to the soil. The plot began since plotted in. Dirt called America, tried to box me in. Conveniently convinced the people black skin is a sin. Well, we the blessing God gave earth to begin. Stop me walking in a red man's moccasin. I'ma say whoosa, like Jackson. You wanna be starting something you cannot end. But can't lock all of my homies up stuck in the pen. Had to go to history for an advantage. But how you gonna write a story with your own pen? I picture a thorn with broken lenses. And the frame is missing, that means the means of the crown is no longer a vision Peasant or slave, is that decisions, once you change our ways We once live in royalty, not every day is a struggle as the family tree burns I roll up more tree and burn, with a cross on my line as it burn And a chain that leaves wrist burns, and remains the gold I yet earn That means racism alive and kept locked, this king will still get his turn by nation creation, run this population But we walk away with Nathan till now Bow down here, I honk a sound before meals like Brian, even if it's taken My nigga, you a king? This is WHBK 88.5. You listen to Ergo, and that was Bella Bars, a royal family. And, and Bella's also here serving as an uh, automatic editing machine. <laughs> Just love. You know, we got beef with the FCC, so this was another edition of that. And speaking of beef, but right. one of my favorite favorite moments that we have, you know, so we like to have fun here, uh, but we also, you know, what I'm saying we don't play no games, like 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 you kind of might have picked up 
Ergo, we, we're tough in the streets. Um, and we send okay, shots. Yeah. And we don't let people, you know, you can't just walk down the block, you know what I'm saying, with, yeah, without without getting checked. Came for Kelly. Right? Right? So it's that it's about that time because it's been too long and the RB game has just been running amok. Um and they and they get they get no critique, right? Like hip hop, if you slip, somebody could say something about you and your career is over. Right. But like R and B has moved out here with impunity. So we we're putting a stop to that. Um so if any era of the R&B genre from it started to now we have beef with R&B singers here every week so you gotta start a beef with an R&B singer we're sending shots at that neck who who, who you got man who who's who need to step who that I, game up I out here come at, I might have to come at Beyonce whoa I might have to, might have whoa we didn't Beyonce. know you was gonna do that you don't know how I mean, happy you... that just made me <laughs> oh we won't be here next week but it's worth it cause we gangsters alright well you gotta talk about it what's up with beef what's up with beef um I thought kings need queens I kings thought this was the... do need queens <laughs> kings do queen need queens um man I have a song on <laughs> SoundCloud if you go to my SoundCloud I have a remix to Flawless um <laughs> okay because it's not really me coming at B there's no beef there <laughs> All right, really? all right, because that was about to really? be the headline of this interview. We've <laughs> right. already, we've already right. backtracked. Uh, Bella Boss beef with Beyonce. No, <laughs> no, there's no real beef okay, there. All right, um, all right. but it was, it was good because you brought you brought your shovel up to the studio and you were digging your own grave. <laughs> right, so it was just like if we gotta right come here. at somebody, we might as well, we'll go, go to the big top. here. You all right, know well, well, explain, like, the, explain um, the critique. Okay, the critique. There is a responsibility. Um, I feel as artists, as humans, um, that we have to. We have to really be honest about what's going on in the world. Mm. Like, uh, you know, girls who are the world, that's a cute. That's cute. But let's be honest about how difficult it must be for you to be a woman in this. And, you know, right. like, uh, particularly a black woman. Like, let's be honest about what these girls are going to go go through. You know, I woke up like this. B, B you ain't never came on stage <laughs> waking up like this. Like, we ain't yeah, never seen how you wake up. That's you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, that's let's real. be honest about... Yeah, there is something almost, like, <laughs> inhuman or, like, the, the I'm perfect thing that she Exactly. This embraces. perfection thing is, like, you know, it's it's an okay... I, mean, I get what you're going for. It's just, like, it's not real, and it's not going to help the people who are looking up to you, the, mm-hmm. you know, the young viewers who really aspire to be Beyonce. Like, there's a lot of people who really want... Like, people probably will hate me after this interview because <laughs> they love Beyonce so right, much. Right. You know, like, people really do love but her. But they have it's no like, idea who she is. have no yeah. idea who you, know you are, she, what you really go through. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, you know how she does wake up? Smelling Jay Z's morning breath, which cannot be good. Ew. There's no way that Jay Z's morning breath is good. <laughs> <laughs> you just threw me off. With that. Now we, <laughs> now we got beef with you know now we got beef with Jay. <laughs> oh, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you said, you said like, something. Yeah, that, she going through something. Yeah, she ain't talking yeah, about that. She ain't though. talking about his crusty lips at all. We need to hear I'm that. Period. Right. Like so, I, I think you said something that, that intrigues me about about you. About um, you spoke about like being real. And like identity and like specifically black women in arts and performance mm-hmm. and culture. Um, and I, I know you definitely like lyrically always are very like proactive on the black woman front, but you are a rapper, right? So there is a, a weighted idea of like women rappers, female rappers. Very and I, I see um, you finding a way to kind of circumnavigate that or kind of transcend that in a way where like you don't have to talk about like, yeah, I'm a woman rapper, but I'm not like these other women rap, you know, like, or, um, <clears throat> yeah, just, just that idea of 
how you also can be very aggressive in your lyrics in a way that like is usually associated with masculinity, but you do it in a very natural way. Right, um, and it, but it isn't imitating like a DMX. Right. Style. You know, it's a different model. Because that's of also strength. something I see of like the kind of trying to break the narrative. I, I've seen women, and not to like ever generalize, but like I'm going to try to be aggressive to prove that I'm not just some cute right. girl. But that's right. not that like, happens. that's not what you do. You just like kind of bring the bulldog in you out right like i'm not going to you know i'm not going to make a song talking about killing a whole black family no shade you know (laughs) kind of shade um but like i'm (laughs) like i'm not going to i'm not going to be aggressive in that sense but i do have something to say and you know a lot of this is coming from a place of especially speaking on social issues, it's like coming from a place of anger. Like we shouldn't have to be talking about this anymore. Like, you know, so. But how you, I, I like specifically how you bring womanhood and femininity to that anger. All the time, all the time, because this angry black woman narrative has to, has to change. It's like, you know, if we're angry, listen to what we're saying while we're angry. Like, don't mm. just call us angry black women and, and then, and you know, and dismiss it. Like, yeah. no, why are we angry? Let yeah. me tell you why. <laughs> and we've talked about this a little bit, and it's you know it's always a little funky when Damon and I are the two people, kind of facilitating the conversation um, as two dudes. But uh, this like alternative model of strength, having a model of strength that isn't based on like a masculine model of it, and so using angry not as a like disparaging term, not as a term that like negates the mm-hmm. val- like how valid it is. Oh, power. Yeah, but actually because in real life there's power there, so not just negating the anger as like a thing that makes it less worthwhile, but being like, oh no, no, this is a different model of strength that works. And so maybe that's something or it definitely is something to learn from for everybody. It's always, like it's always. compound it brings people in. You know, what you do whether it's on stage or you know, in a in, in the midst of a protest or at a microphone here, like that's a that's strength and that's like a good model of strength to learn from. And for me, music is about resilience. It's about showing our resilience. Like look at what we do with all these obstacles and all this pain that we're giving. We make art out of it. We make pretty cool art out of it. You know, yeah. like listen to this. Like there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of emotions in it. It's not just anger. There's a lot of emotions in it. But at the bottom line, it's resilience. It's look what we do mm. with all the things that we're feeling. Yeah. So sp- speaking of that that anger and, and talking about social issues and 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 just speaking up from from your position, um, I. I over the last year, year and a half, have like really got caught up in the intersection of like artistry and what we know as like activism or organizing or, you know, being out in the streets or, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter idea. Yeah, that it's is been so prevalent. cool to be out there with um, you. <laughs> yeah, and, and you have been out there pretty consistently from jump. And over the last maybe three to, f- to six months, uh, it seems that you're really like establishing a position that, that like was why, what I really want to talk to you the most about of like, you are now becoming like one of the most prevalent, I don't want to say like protest performers because that like kind of diminishes, but like almost everything that either I organize or a part of or see, usually every other one or so, Bella's coming there and spinning a piece. Um, how did that come about and how do you feel about becoming so entrenched into this new world or using your art more directly and intentionally? Good for better or for worse? This is, I 
feel what my whole life has been leading to. Um, so I'm really happy that in the last few months that this is where my career has been headed, but uh, where a lot of friends and a lot of organizers are asking me to come to these protests and lend my voice to it. Um, because like growing up, I never, I never looked up to rappers. Like I never, there was never any rappers who I was like, you know, I want to be a rapper. No. Right. But there was many, many people in history books who I looked up to, you know, there was like, who? like Harriet Tubman, like, uh, Sojourner Truth, like Malcolm X, like, um, Marcus Garvey, <laughs> like I cannot not say, uh, Malcolm X with, with very much pride in that. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you, that, should, you should see her. She like, like, that's Bay. That's, that's Bay. She like. actually pulled out the autobiography and put on an X jacket at the same time. It was really impressive. And she didn't even go away from the microphone. It was amazing. No, like, so these are things that have always inspired me. Like, that's what I've been moved most by is how these speakers have been able to lead generations, have been able to lead movements, have been able to impact change with their voice, like with their ideals, with their ideology of what the world should look like. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to do that. Like, I thought that was the most powerful thing in the world is to be able to just like your voice is you're the face nearly of a whole movement yeah. you know what i'm saying like malcolm x right, not malcolm exactly. x really yeah, because he was really pushed to the back yeah, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> martin but, but i get it you know, yeah like, i get it and definitely uh recognize it so how has that changed like your this new position like your process or your approach like either directly on like pen to paper like do you because you know you have a different audience and a different stage now but also like you know the, the the rapper trajectory of like oh I need to hit up these blogs I need to have a show at Reggie's and at Sub T and all that. like has any of that changed kind of how you are approaching your craft and you called it career right right um, so it's really been in the last few months maybe the last six to eight months that I've decided like this is exactly what I want to be doing like. Doing a show at Reggie's, doing a show, you know, those are cool. Mm -hmm. Those are cool things to do. But I literally have the most fun when I'm performing for calls. When I, mm -hmm. like, the people, I, I know the people are listening. And then not just listening, I know that they're actively engaged in, you know what I'm saying, like, creating solutions to the problems out here. Like, music is, for me, a, a, an escape a lot of the times. But... When it gets to be, when it gets to be life and it's still kind of an escape, like when we're out there and we're protesting, like that's real life, mm -hmm. but it's still a way. It's a performance. You know, like it's the, still. The, it's, it's, it, I, I think the, the new like post Ferguson movement, I call it hip hop street performance. Um, yes. And and yes. I think that is why it has been so infectious and has like brought in a new generation that was so kind of disenchanted right. for, for a few decades. You know, people who have been like completely desensitized to everything else that's going on. Like if you get them to 
to one of these street performances, it's a whole different, like, what do you do after that? Like, after a show at Reggie's, you go hang out. Maybe you drink more. Maybe, you know what I'm saying, smoke. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? There's but a like, really good chicken and fish spot right next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I happen to know. I did an interview in there once after a show. They have really, really, if you get the lemon pepper on there. It's talking about sharks? Yeah, I think I like that's that what that he's talking about. Yeah, I would yeah, think, yeah. like, sharks I know there's a million right sharks, but that one in particular, I really Yeah, they hook it up there. Shout out sharks. We got we got Remus Harrells and sharks in it. Shout out Jay and Jay's. All right, we got the whole city going. <laughs> Bio sauce, go crazy. Go crazy. Go crazy. <laughs> no, but I, I like that idea. But on that note, I mean, it's a little. Then there's the the practicality of making it a career because basically you get paid after a show at Reggie's. Hopefully, right? How does that work with this stuff? And I don't right. mean with like literally. Stuff... What's your quote? I mean like, how do you think about making this a sustainable thing for your life? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, but I honestly feel like the work that we're doing is what's sustaining me most of the time. Like knowing that we're getting somewhere, knowing that we're we're at least trying. You know, knowing that you can't you can't silence us. You know, we'll take this literally to the streets. So like you can't silence this, even if I don't make it to, you know, the BET Hip Hop Awards, even if I don't like, don't look there. at these, exactly. <laughs> like, look at these kids. Like, you know, we just went to an event that was, um, Damon and I just did an event that was thrown by like middle schoolers mm. or something. And I got to perform there for like, these kids who are actively engaged in organizing. They organized around uh, the death of Rakia Boyd and Ronnie Man. Um, and that's just so much power there. And I don't feel like it has to be done. Like, I don't feel like what I'm doing has to be done the way it's always been done. Like, I don't really consider myself a rapper. Like, I rap, but that's just one thing I do. Like, you read the card in the beginning. Like, well, that's just one of the rapping public relations specialist is what it says on the website, which I loved that phrase. Exactly. And more, more so public relations. Like, uh, I went to school for communications. And public relations, you basically are dealing with the relationship between a corporation most of the time, especially because I did corporate, but a corporation or a business and the people in that community. Like, what I'm doing with music is more so a public relations campaign for our lives, to say hmm. our lives matter. Like, this is a public relations campaign. This wow, isn't really, really just, you know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't just music. Like, the video, like, I haven't put out a video yet, like, because this is all really tedious, the work that I'm doing. Like, I feel like Everything I learned in school, everything I've learned throughout my life, I'm trying to put it to this cause because, again, grandmother said family is the most important thing. Like, I can't imagine, like, how teed up we'd be if a police officer killed my brother, my cousin, my aunt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I can't imagine I, what these families yeah. are going through. You know what I'm saying? Like, to not be able to do anything, like to not get any type of justice like it's just over with like i can't you know we lose people all the time but then in our communities when someone is lost like that's a war you know what i'm saying like if one person gets shot on this side of the street somebody on that side of the street getting shot and it's like it's like a war we're losing people to this a long long a, war. a long war that doesn't really get solved and we're dealing with that already and then like you just slap it in our face like you know we're already dealing with this yeah. and it's like 
so what? You know, they basically is what they say. And this is our government. This is the people who's supposed to yeah, protect right. us. You know, like there's a woman, Ronnie Man's mother, right. who, you know, she just told me she loved me today when she found out that I was coming on here. Like, you know, she wrote on the post when I shared it. Right. <laughs> you know that's what I'm saying? It's like, that's that's love. Like, you yeah. know, like these are our families. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Definitely shout out Ronnie, Ronald Johnson. Definitely Ronnie shout out family. to Dorothy Holmes, their Dorothy whole Holmes, family. Sure. Um, but... That's the importance of it for me. It's it's all really connected to family because even if you're not in my immediate family, you're my family. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is our communities. These are our brothers. These are our sisters. We have a lot of work to do to protect them, and I feel like it's our duty to protect them. It's our duty, our responsibility to create safe spaces for us to grow in. And we can't do that with these police around. We can't do that, you know what I'm saying? So we have a lot of work to do. And that's more so, like, that's really my career, I feel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, to to get our community in a space where we feel like we have a right to demand something. You know, we had the first black power. president. Yeah. Power, you know, <laughs> power. Like, we had the first black president. And... um. Gay people went to the president and said, you know, the, the LGBTQ community went to the president and said, here's a list. Here's what we want. You know, then health lobbyists went and said, here's a list. Here's what we want. Immigrants, Mexican, you know, their whole, here's a list. Here's what we want. Like, what would they look at us like if we as black people came and said, here, here's what we want. You know, they kind of look at us like, F what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. we don't care what you know, right. And, like, you know, again, or, or there'd be, like, you know, oh, this is right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there's so much. And it's like, no, we have to get to a place where we're okay demanding what we want. And and figuring out how to communicate it. And I mean, that's how to the get it. Like, you know, these other, we have important. these models of people who are getting what they want. Like, why aren't we get? we've been saying the same thing for years now, you know, doing marches for years now. I'm doing the same thing, like, the people I look up to, I read about doing, like, we shouldn't be doing the same thing anymore. <laughs> you mm. know, that's why with music, it's so powerful because it's like, it's a whole different avenue now. Like, it's a whole different ball game. Like, I can yeah. put a, a, a video up on Facebook, uh, on Facebook of me rapping and it might go viral like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really a whole different ball game. And all yeah. we really want is you to listen mm -hmm. at this point, you know. So on that note, um, I'll give you a second to catch your breath, but we'd love to listen to you spit a piece. Let's do if you're it. Down to do it. Let's do it. Okay. So I do this piece at a lot of protest, and I'm gonna get y'all a clean version. You gotta come to one of the protests to get it raw and get the uh, street performance <laughs> of it. <laughs> I went to their college, got magna cum laude, learned things that they taught me, it don't really matter. It won't help my brothers who locked in their cellars, so I yell free my niggas and name at their sheriffs. The deputy dead at his desk, three bullets off in his chest, proof that you do need a vest. They think it's a game, but this here ain't no joke. Ain't breaking no laws, cause they already broke. Who do they think they are playing with? Bella Boz, all of my heroes are militant, all of my niggas doing real petty sentences. This ain't a rap, it's a document to the United States government. Hey, look here, government. We do not mess with your governance. All of my sisters and brethren, we made a covenant. We will not spend one more dime to your respect black lives. Put that quote on the picket sign. Get the gang and let's go. Take this here straight to your dough. Heard you been looking for woe. Is this what you been looking for? Soldiers in the hood, so they always on toe. Mike Brown got shot down walking home from the store. His killer didn't even have to go to court. Raised a million 
dollars to show they support. So F them, we not trying to build good rapport. Nah, that there is dead. You better stay inside if you are scared. City so cold that you got to wear layers. But rocking a hoodie mean that they will pray us. Walk out the door, my grandma say your prayers. I still I'ma lake them. Don't mess with the pigs. I don't mess with the bacon. Think that I'll go then you sadly mistaken. This is black history that we are making. We are black history. It's in the making. And even if we don't, our story's gonna make it. Hey. <laughs> wow. Look at that. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. So you've, sp- you've spit that in a few different protests and spaces like that? That's yes. kind of one of the go-tos? Yes. That's, that's, that's a really important piece, I feel. Mm. Like, it's really loaded, but it's really... Um, I love that it's just statement we don't mess with your made. governance. I love that, like just that governance thing. We don't mess with it. <laughs> exactly. Like that. we don't we don't rock with that. We don't rock with what you're doing there. <laughs> like, you know. Um. So as we get close to the end here, first off, thank you so much. Oh, for it's been a pleasure through. to be here. I love this conversation. We could keep it going all day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, we'll have you back and we'll have you around. And that leads me perfectly, actually, to one thing I wanted to make sure we had a chance to talk about. So, ergo has been on the air. This is our 15th show. Uh, and we are coming up on our first live event. Basically, you hear all these live performances, like the amazing thing, amazing piece that Bella just spit here. What we do is we cut those live performances. We make a compilation mixtape out of them. And then we do a mixtape release show, or really a celebration and showcase of Chicago's genius. Um, so the first one, you'll see the poster online, but the first one is going to be November 14th at the Silver Room, 7.30 p.m., combination music, poetry, uh, we'll have some drinks there, we will be some, you know, just a good time, DJ visual spinning. Art, the whole thing. Yeah, so we'll have a few visual artists showing their work. You can find the event info online on our website, ergoradio.com, of course. There's also a Facebook event page. Check our Twitter at Ergo Radio. It should be a good time. And over the Did next... You say it's going to be at the Silver Room? It's going to be at the Silver Room, yeah, right on 53rd. A great event space. Um, and shouts to them who have, you know, opened their doors to us. We're really excited to bring these voices that we've been showcasing on the air every week onto a stage. It's going to be free. I did not mention that. Free uh, 99. Oh, yeah. I'm in there. Oh, Absolutely. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so as the weeks go on, we will, you know, announce who's going to be performing. It'll be mostly voices that you've heard on the Ergo airwaves and on the podcast over Which the past few months. Which means it's going to be dope because we ain't had nothing but hotness up here for real. We, we got it going heat. crazy on, on, the, on the south side, WHBK 88.5. So who, dopeness, where, <laughs> the Silver Room, when, November 14th. How much? Free 99. Free. Oh, that's beautiful. 99. The other thing, we will not be on the air next week. Uh, we're both out of town making moves, doing different things. Um, I'm going to be in Maine just surveying the East Coast. I'm going to be performing in Pittsburgh. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at Penn State, I think, me and my sister. And my dad, actually. It's, it's going to be a family affair. Oh, it's, a, it's a royal family affair. Ah, <laughs> hey. ah, the Bella Bob pun. Hey. They had got some bars, too. <laughs> Bella, where can they find you? Find me, um, Bella Boss. Boss is B-A-H-H-S. Find me on SoundCloud. Find me on Twitter. Find me on Instagram. Um, Facebook, all of that. Insta- no, SoundCloud is the most important, so you should <laughs> <For> go <sure>. there. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. Before we get out of here, I want to leave y'all. I have a very special guest here in the building. My brother, a what very, up, bro? What up, Aaron? Aaron, a very talented 18-year-old freshman at Oberlin, making his first trip to Chicago. He's a 
talented musician, if I do say so myself. He Here's is. His... I just saw him at an open mic. What'd you think? He's, he's really talented. Cool. He's well, really well, that's pretty impressive that that's your brother. Well, I mean, I had nothing to do with that. That's all him. <laughs> and my mom and my dad, I guess I'd say. But and then we... Christiana yeah, is yeah, your sister. Yeah, like, yeah. it's the whole, yeah, it's, it's the, the fam- royal family fam- affair up in here. But we got to go. So this is perfect. Time out chair. Ergo Radio WHPK. Oh